Welcome in everybody to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, the podcast where your two favorite pastors ever, obviously, uh, talk about youth ministry and uh, more importantly, talk about the ways that we have learned how not to do youth ministry, which there's a lot of them, right, Derek? There are. And I've heard there's some competition on the rise. There's competition for us? Uh, yeah. Well, that's not great. I, I, I can't uh, disclose my source or the origin of this rumor, but I have heard there are rumblings of a podcast coming out called How to Be a Youth Pastor. I uh, I have heard, likewise, said rumblings. <laughs> and I'll be really honest with you. I'm unfazed uh, because of our superiority. Yeah, naturally. For sure. Uh, when it comes to just how well we do things. Oh, to be clear, I'm not worried about it. Like, I, we're, yeah. we're the best there ever is. There's, oh, for there, sure. There's no doubt about it. So mm. I'm not worried about it. I'm I just, not sure why people bother going to their own churches when they should just clearly come to ours. Seriously. If you're on staff in Texas and you're a part of a youth pastor. A part of a youth pastor. It's a long day. It's been a long day already. <laughs> If you are a part of a youth ministry and you are a youth pastor, how about yeah. that? Yeah, um, better. You know, come up this way because we're cool and you should come up here and freeze with us. The camaraderie amongst youth pastors in Minnesota is unmatched. For real. And, and, and honestly, it's not just youth pastors. It the, the community that's built within Minnesota is very, very awesome to experience because if we didn't have each other... We would all move away <laughs> because it sucks here. That is absolutely accurate. And so, but we're getting into, you know, it's May now. We're getting into uh, warmer weather mm. and well, uh, we hopefully. are, we can actually go outside, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Which yeah. is really nice. Um, quick question of the day, Derek. Uh, we have talked for years, decades even, about... Doing some sort of uh, giveaway on yes. our Instagram channel. Yes. And so qu the quick question of today is... I'm scared because you have nothing written down here, so you're completely off the cuff here. We, talked, we talked about this. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the quick question of the day, Derek, is what could we possibly do yeah. to show our appreciation for those that spot follow us on Instagram? Wow. Easy for you to say. We are we're crushing it today. Yeah. We're 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 tripping over our words. Our, Proof our chemistry that this is, is in one take. Yeah. <laughs> no editing here, everybody. Nope. Um, okay. So if you are on Instagram and you are bored and you're like, you know what? I would love a twenty five dollar gift card. I gotta interrupt real quick. Absolutely. This is something I don't ever do is interrupt you. Uh, but I'll you know hasn't happened yet. Today. This one exception. Uh, you said if you're on Instagram and my thought was, uh, well, everybody's on Instagram. And I was like, well, no, not everybody. So I decided not to say anything. And then you said, if you're on Instagram and you're bored. And I was like, there it is. Everybody on Instagram is bored. A hundred percent of the people that are on Instagram are bored. Before we continue on to actual constructive conversation, I just made an observation about you. Thanks to our nice little video element here. You needed the video element to make an observation about me that your eyes couldn't tell you yourself. Well, my point is anyone else can see this alongside me, so it's proof. Do you always eat Skittles by pairs? And they're never the same color. 
That that's like one hundred percent a legitimate thing. One hundred percent. Yep. So what happens if you're down to two Skittles and they're both yellow in the bag? It doesn't happen. I've taken precautions leading up to that point. I have four purple. And this is actually an unfortunate. Actually, I just ate a purple and a green. Yes, you did. So I got four more purple, two yellow, two green, and a red. So I am going to get to the point where I have to eat three. I'm not going to like it, but I am going to do it. Okay. So another question. What happens if you have an odd number of Skittles? Well, that's what I'm saying. I have nine left. Right. And so I'm going to have to eat three at a time at the end. And I'm not going to like it, but I will. <laughs> I'll suffer through it for the sake of the gospel. Okay. I see. And, uh, and, and make it make it happen. You get know it what? Done, so. I'm, I am shocked and not yeah. shocked all at the same time about that's fair. everything about that. Okay, back to regular schedule programming. I here. eat Cheez-Its two at a time as well, but obviously those are all the same colors, so I don't really have to and think about it. flavor. Yeah, although they make boxes where it's like half regular Cheez-Its and half like the Parmesan Cheez-Its. That combo is actually really good. <sighs> I have another tangent, but we're going to jump into it because, you know, that's <laughs> Rabbit Trail Kings. Allegedly, did you... So someone can fact check us on this or we should look it up ourselves. I'm on it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. Like they're different colors, right? Like if you if you go home today, crack open a box of Fruit Loops, pour them in the Yeah, oh, very colorful. First, which is an important distinction. If you pour your milk in first, you're not saved. But if you dump in your cereal, they're all different colors and as you pointed out, distinctly different colors. Apparently, they're all the same flavor. So we're going to let, while you look that up, I'm going to continue on with our actual productive thing. So, (laughs) well, no, I do have it. Uh, I just am disappointed in myself because twice now I have typed something into Google where I typed out the word fruit accurately, which is not actually how Fruit Loops, like (laughs) Fruit Loops is (laughs) F-R-O-O-T. And uh, I just keep, Spelling it like like a normal human being, but no. According to uh, the internet, uh, we've all been misled by those tempting lime, green, orange, purple, yellow, and red loops into thinking they are lime, orange, grape, lemon, and cherry, and or strawberry flavored. When in fact, they are all the same flavor. See, isn't that like isn't that like mind boggling? That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. What we should what we should do is like go home and like taste one each. Blind taste test. Yeah. Do you have Fruit Loops lying around your house right now? <sighs> I definitely don't. Well, ironically enough, I picked up my son today from preschool, and he had made a um, a necklace out of Fruit. Oh, Loops sure. At school Oops, as he called them. Yep. Um, and so I might have to just you know pluck crush, a few, crush his dreams, snap his necklace in half, and still feel Fruit Loops. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Anyways, Anyways. um, if you are wanting to do a $25 gift card. If you want to be a recipient of a $25 gift card, here's what we want to do. It's a gift card to White Castle. It's $25 of their choosing as long as it's... Oh, they get to choose yeah, where? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. So it could be White Castle. Because you know this is going to work, all right? So starting from the moment that we're recording this, which is April 27th, until... Who... Who's going to submit something between when we record this and when the episode comes out? My point is, I'm making this note for you and I. Got it. Okay. So, 
Oh. Like, this episode doesn't come out until May 11th. So we got two weeks, so we're going to be sitting on this information, wait, <laughs> just watching Instagram, waiting for something to happen, and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> All right. You were saying? Okay. Well, let's stand corrected. Between May 11th. We're both 11th, sitting, so it'd be, we'd be sitting corrected. Should we just stop this whole episode now? <laughs> just restart from scratch. I'll shut up now. You go. Okay. From May 11th until... May, give me a date, Kyle. I mean, July 12th. <laughs> oh, you wanted a date in May. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Two weeks. Two weeks 25th. from May 11th. Okay? 25th. After May 25th, we are going to announce a winner on our Instagram page, which is how not to, we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to start over. He doesn't even know. <laughs> He doesn't even know what our Instagram handle is. You created it, in my so, defense. Uh, that's hard to argue with. Uh, so the Instagram handle is how not underscore yp. Uh, and so in addition to going there and and partaking in this contest, uh, which we haven't even told them yet what they're going to do there, but participate in the contest and then apply to be my new co-host on this show. Uh, the only prerequisite we have is that you know what the Instagram handle is. Oh, it feels a little <laughs> intentional. <laughs> I didn't say we'd hire him. Well, I just wanted them to apply. I'm curious to see what we can get. What are we, what are you what are they doing when they go to our Instagram? <laughs> hint, <laughs> we Instagram need to pause. And, and no, this is this is raw, man. Okay, we're powered through. You are not powering. No, you're powering through. I'm doing just fine. Wow. Okay, then. Okay. For a fresh, fresh look. We have, yeah. to, we have to make a good clip for Tucker. <laughs> a good clip for Tucker. Yep. We are doing an Instagram giveaway on our Instagram page. And the handle is at howNot underscore YP. Thank you. Go to our Instagram page. Follow us. Then you are going to shoot us a DM with the favorite thing you like about our podcast. And on Thursday night, May 25th, we are going to announce a winner of our Instagram giveaway. We will then DM you, ask what digital card you would like. We will purchase it and send it to you via Instagram. I love it. Does that work? Nailed it. Done. Can you send? Oh, purchase it digitally. Gotcha. Yep. 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 So we'll purchase it. We'll send you the digital code via Instagram. Set to go. Nailed See? it. It only took us ten takes. And side note, this the re really the only reason we're doing this is because we want people to tell us what they like best about us. Naturally, we're, we need we're that fishing for compliments. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and while you're at it too, uh, you know, go ahead and like and share our videos and uh, we'd love to reach a wider audience with our vast array of knowledge and wisdom. Yeah, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Uh, on that note, uh, I don't know what note that was on. I'm just trying to transition into the episode. Uh, we are uh, in the uh, last episode of a three-part series we've been doing uh, called What is the Goal of Youth Ministry? What does the ideal graduate look like? Every We've talked about, you know, if, if we do not have a goal as youth pastors, 
this is all kind of pointless. We're just babysitting teenagers. And at some point, every single student is going to leave our youth ministry. And so what do we want the ideal graduate to look like? Uh, And then we can work backwards from there. Uh, And so in episode uh, or in part one of this series, uh, we talked about uh, having a saving relationship with Jesus. Uh, We talked about how we want students to be baptized in water. And uh, we wanted them to display the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, those were three things that, that we felt were really important. Uh, we talked about kind of some ways to measure those. Obviously, like whether or not they've been baptized in water, that's a pretty easy one to measure. Uh, in the second part, just this last episode, we talked about attendance goals, uh, both on, like if, if you do your regular services on Wednesday nights, uh, you know, having goals of how often students attend your Wednesday nights, understanding that a hundred percent is probably not, uh, likely, but it, you know, you never know. Uh, and then also talking about, uh, spiritual disciplines, uh, and, and some goals in that aspect as well. And so I, I think that, uh, I'm going to be really honest with you, Derek. I'm having doubts about what I said that this episode was going to come out May 11th. I think it actually comes out May 4th. <laughs> ha! Now I'm not the only one who looks stupid. Oh, no. Anyways. All right. So the contest starts May 4th and ends May 25th. Or July 12th. Or July 12th. <laughs> uh, or whenever you're listening. You could you could send us compliments whether or not Anytime you listen to you this want, on time. For sure. We're not going to say no to that, just to be clear. Uh, so anyways, part two, we oh, talked about attendance goals, and then justice. we talked about spiritual discipline goals. Uh, talked about, you know, we want to encourage students to uh, get into their Bible X number of times a week, to, to pray, and to be able to do these things, not only do them, but do them on their own, where they're not relying on us to hold their hand, you know, through the process. They can uh, read the Bible without having a pastor explain it and, and serve it up in a sermon. Uh, and, uh, and so those are the goals that we talked about, uh, the last couple episodes and the final two that we want to kind of wrap up this series with are a little bit more abstract and, and, you know, there's been varying degrees that, that you can and cannot measure some of the last ones. These last two really are not ones that we are encouraging youth pastors to, to track and measure objectively, objectively, but, but it's again, kind of like the fruits of the spirit one you know it when you see it mm-hmm. and uh and it's really more of a you know encouraging students to get the heart uh of these things right is that is that fair? yeah and i think honestly speaking i think these things we're going to talk about today sometimes can go untouched in a youth ministry context you know we we for so long we've talked about how you have these seeker friendly churches or seeker friendly youth ministries where it's like, Hey, we're going to have, we're going to have the best band. We're going to have, you know, the greatest lights. We're going to have all these things to make, make it interesting and enticing for people to walk through the door. We're going to feed a pizza, give them a good message, have some games and out the door they go. That's great. That's awesome. Problem is like, there's no, there's no real meat to that. You look at the gospel and how things were oriented. You know, Jesus brought the disciples in, mentored them, poured into them, met their needs, but he sent them back out and to carry on the great commission, to carry on with the heart of the gospel. And so realistically, I think you and I share this heart of like a youth ministry is not just about getting kids in the door and having glorified babysitting, as you just mentioned, it's about advancing the kingdom of God. And so 
one of the ways we do that, I think that goes on untouched sometimes in a youth ministry context is volunteering. You know, like we want our teenagers to make a concerted effort to volunteer. So they're not just showing up just to be a part, but they're actually contributing to the ministry, contributing to the kingdom. But as you alluded to, it's not a super easy thing to track. You're not having kids walk in the door and go, all right, guys, how many volunteer hours did you have this week? You know, so, <laughs> I can, I can see that being kind of a funny thing for a ministry to do, but I will say that uh, we actually did a, have a, a period, uh, you know, I, as the youth pastor was like, Hey, volunteering is important. What if we turned it into a competition? Because if you, you know, if you tell your youth students to do anything, they're like, eh, if you turn it into a competition, now they're, they're all in. now they're excited. Now for they're engaged. Sure. And so we, uh, for a period, we actually did track the volunteer hours that our students did. Now we only tracked in-house stuff. You know, we didn't track anything like, uh, you know, when they, you know, would volunteer at their school or volunteer on their own time. Like we just couldn't expect to track all sure. of that. Yeah. But uh, volunteering in different ministries within the church, helping out with the tech team or the worship team, stuff like that, going on mission trips, uh, all of that stuff. a lot of hours. It is a lot of hours. (laughs) Uh, All that stuff was quantifiable. And so we actually did track it for a period of time. And then I, I always used to keep all of my youth files on an external hard drive that I would kind of carry around in my bag with me. And the the hard drive basically got corrupted, and I lost everything oh, on it. No, and the last apparently the last time I had backed it up was you know right before I created this file, and so we did it for about a year, and then I lost the file, and it was not something that we could replicate, and so we we kind of had to go away from doing that. But it was, and and we had students that did kind of get into it, and so if you really want to put into the work, you could kind of turn it into a competition, like oh, who can graduate with the most volunteer hours? But uh, it, it's exactly that. It is a lot of work. It'd be, it'd be so funny just to have like stat sheets, you know, like oh, hundred percent, like Susie Johnson, number of Wednesdays attended in, the, in her career. 275, you know, this many volunteer hours, you know. I love calling it a career, too. That makes it way more fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, th- th- this many times on the stage, you know, this many times Gaga Bowl champion, you know, unique, unique ability. Got baptized in, in the spirit on her second Wednesday. Awesome. You know, like just. Yep. At, at our at our district most, council. Most mission teams that, you know, that you were a part of. Yeah. Did you, were you at district council this year? Uh, yeah, I definitely forgot that it was a thing. Okay, perfect. Until that day, I didn't have time to go anyway. Sure, but our I within, about within it. our denomination, we have like it's called district councils. All it's the pastors get together fun. and they and they vote and do a it's, bunch of business stuff. And it's not fun at all. Yeah, but in any case, they for all of the executive staff, they made legitimate like tops like baseball cards, basically. Oh my gosh! So they, they found like <laughs> old funny pictures of them, and on the back they put like you know. Just stupid, you know, faux stats of like, yeah. you know, like for Kirby, our our district youth director was like, this many comments are jokes, and it's a percentage wise. Yep. So like twenty eighteen, it was like you know forty five percent, whatever. But that's what I I picture for that for this volunteering. But what we kind of were talking about before we hit record is, you know, while you can't tr- necessarily track, you know how how many hours exactly. 
I love how you said like you can see it, you know, like kids who are interested in volunteering, they they get it, you know, and and the reason that we're both so you know, on board with mission teams and mission trips, whatever you want to call them, is because when you have a student who is putting effort into going outside of something for free, or in the case of a mission team, paying money to go and serve somebody else, it's developing a maturity and it's solidifying that faith element unlike anything else, you know? Because like, let's be real. Anybody can come in if there's free pizza and giveaways Anybody with a pulse would, would be open to doing that, you know, far less are open to, I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to fundraise a thousand plus dollars to get onto a plane to go sweat in a third world country to serve somebody else. You know, like mm-hmm. very few people are going to do that unless they get it and they yeah. get why their faith is important, which is why it's so important for us to do this. And so where this starts, you know, Unless they're super ambitious, they're not going to come to church on a Wednesday and then the following Wednesday sign up for a mission team, right? Like that that's a big jump. So in the meantime, as youth pastors, our job, if we want to see volunteering, you know, increase, we have to provide opportunities for our students. So whether that's like, hey, dude, what do you do? Like, are you really good with tech stuff, right? Yeah. You know, I, I stream I, in my free time, whatever. Like, dude, that's awesome. Would you ever consider like, helping out in our tech booth. Like we would love to have you back there and well, I'm kind of busy and that, you know, give them opportunities to volunteer yeah. and show them that you're invested in them. And then you've done like whole on events where you like will volunteer as a youth ministry. Yeah. There's a, there's an organization here in many Minneapolis area called Fema starving children that, uh, you know, basically they package meals and send them all over the world to people who need meals. And, they all of their packaging of the meals is done by volunteers who sign up to come for a you know it's about an hour forty five minutes in total uh <clears throat> you know you can come and and uh you know you got some people putting the different you know ingredients into the bags you got some people that are measuring the bags to make sure they weigh the right amount you got some people sealing the bags uh putting them in boxes you know all basically just this assembly line of volunteering. And it's a super fun event for our youth ministry to like, hey, we're just going to go and serve here, sign up to be a part of it. And and, and I love doing it because it's something that our youth students can do yeah. uh, to volunteer and it's practical and, and uh, it's local too. And so I love that opportunity. It's like 15 minutes from our church. Um Not every city is going to have that opportunity right there, but finding ways, even if it's getting some kids to show up to help, you know, beautify the grounds of your church. Yeah. I think that that can be a, a great way to, you know, just, and, and that can, you know, help prepare kids sometimes for like, if they're going on a mission team, that might be some of the work that they're doing. Yeah. And so helping out with stuff like that is, uh, is huge. Well, you got to make it fun too. You know, it can't just be like a, Hey guys, God loves us. He loves the world. So, you know, we got to volunteer, you know, like, no, like that kids aren't going to be on board with that. But it's like, what I love about Feed My Starving Children, it's a blast. Like you talk about that competition side. It's like, Hey, my table is going to package more meals than your table. Yep. So like, it's like you're, you're, you're racing and you're doing the right stuff too. But like, you know, you're having fun. They're playing fun music in there. People are kind of dancing as they're going along. Like it's just a fun thing. Even if you're coming to rake leaves at the church, like bring a Bluetooth speaker, yeah. you know, like have some fun with it. Who can make the biggest pile? Who can, you know, rake up the most leaves the fastest? Like 
have fun with it. Just because you're volunteering doesn't mean it has to be a sucky event. Like make it something that's engaging and life giving and something that the kids will want to come to. Cause the more you do that, the more they're going to want to come be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, I think that's really true. So uh, yeah, volunteering, uh, is important. Uh, you know, incorporating that on Sunday mornings. The other thing I'll say real quick that, uh, that we've done is on Sunday mornings, we have like a middle school, you know, Bible Sunday school class mm-hmm. thing that we do. And, uh, the purpose of doing that was to kind of give our middle schoolers a way to, you know, uh, something to connect them to that is a next step out of kids church. Yep. But it's not six through twelve, and and it's like kind of that safer space. Like it's just middle schoolers; uh, they can connect, they can have fun, and it's awesome. Uh, but one of the things we do out of that is obviously they you know get to high school and they're not coming to this class anymore, and so we encourage them. Okay, on a Sunday morning now, like come and serve somewhere the fir- one service, and then go to the sir the big church. Mm-hmm. You know the service, the second service. Uh, you know, because we have two services on Sunday mornings, obviously not every church is going to be able to do that, but encouraging those kids to then turn around and volunteer and get involved somewhere on a Sunday morning is, uh, is huge. Okay. Uh, the second one that, that we want to talk about here today is, uh, giving, you know, financially, uh, you know, and that's really the theme of the episode is, you know, giving of your time by volunteering and then giving of your resources and financially, uh, you know, giving, money. And so what does that look like? That might be tithes. Uh, that might be, and, and, you know, when I say it might be tithes like that, basically I'm just lumping it into like a regularly scheduled mm-hmm. giving that they do. It might also be giving to missions, which typically looks more like a, you know, big lump sum every once in a while kind of thing for teenagers. Uh, you know, that's not often also a regular thing that they do. And so what, how, how do you, is there a way that we can track, you know, students giving or, or should we be trying to track students giving in order to measure like, Hey, is this something that this student really grasps? I wrestle with this one because I think there is much like anything else, there's pros and cons with everything, right? You know, so on the pros of tracking, if you were to track how much your students are giving one, that's just a cool thing to know. Like when you're graduating high school, like, dude, you know, you raise this much money for missions. That's awesome. You know, like, like good for you. Like that's, that's just really, really good. I think it also just kind of helps, you know, incur- and, and I shouldn't even say accountability because like it, you, you don't really want to necessarily like be super, super oppressive. Like for example, on, I don't know how you guys do it in your church, but like in our church, like we don't, I mean, we track who gives what, but like, that's not something I as the pastor know because it's like, sure. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. go up to somebody and be like, Hey, you haven't been tithing. Like what's going on? Like, that's not happening, <laughs> you know? So like, why, why would we set that precedent in the youth context? Uh, but what I kind of want to jump into Kyle here, and I don't even know if this was necessarily like where you kind of had in mind for a direction for this, but I think one of the cons that can happen when you track finances in the youth ministry context close, especially when you're doing a big missions push or something, it can become less about the actual intent of the giving and more about the number, Hmm. you know, like I, and and not all the time. Right. But like, sometimes it becomes like, I really, really, really just want to get $1,500 because I know nobody else would give that much. 
you know, like I, like I want to, I want to give this much or, you know, I gave this much last year, so I want to double it this year. And it's like, yeah. that's awesome. But like that sometimes becomes more important than like, I just want to give as much as I can because I want to see this missions project advance, or I want to see this person get rescued from human trafficking or whatever it is. But only just, I'd love your feedback is, you know, obviously I think it's, you don't want to just throw caution to the wind and just be like, hey, whatever comes in, what you know, is what comes in, not a big deal. But I do think there comes a point when where you track it so much, it becomes more about the actual number and less about the actual heart of the issue. Yeah, I think that's, you know, going to be the issue no matter what you do right. with, with giving financially is trying to figure out how the focus remains where it needs to be. This is something that you know you want to you want students to do because of what you're doing, not because of how you're doing it. Right. Uh, you know, keeping the goal on what this money is going to accomplish, keeping the goal on, you know, like you said, rescuing people from human uh, you know, from from human trafficking, uh, you know, building a water well or planting a church or you know, buying bibles for people that want and need bibles, whatever it is. That's always got to remain the win. Uh, I don't necessarily, if you can quantify it, uh, you know, for example, if your youth ministry is raising money for, uh, you know, buying Bibles for mm-hmm. people, that should, you know, if, if you know exactly what organization you're going through, whatever, yep. it should be a pretty easy thing for you to be able to quantify where you can tell kids, you know, every $5 you give is a Bible or yep. $10, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, and if you can do that, I think that, you know, students, if, if maybe it's about transition, I'm thinking out loud and processing out loud if you couldn't tell, but maybe it's more about just shifting the currency in the, in their minds, you know, in their competitive minds. Uh, you know, I, I gave $1,500 last year. I want to double it versus, you know, I got, I, I I bought 300 Bibles last year mm-hmm. and I want to double it. Yeah. That was really good, quick math on my I'm part. Impressed. I'm proud of myself. I'm uh, you know, I, last year I raised enough money for two thirds of a whole water well. I yeah. want to, I want to raise one all on my own this year. Right. Like I want to buy a whole water well yeah. for a community and, and then they're going to put it right next to a church and we're going to equip the church leaders to be able to run it and maintain it and fix it when it's yeah. broken and you know you're gonna have the whole you know running water living water combo and and Jesus is gonna do awesome like yep. all of these things I think uh, can be really good but I don't know like does that resonate like if we switch the oh, currency absolutely. in their you know, mindset because like it's you might look at it and go it's just semantics it's just it's just rewarding but it's like at the same time though like that that is everything though right because like like what your lingo becomes what you become focused on, right? So if, if your goal is like, I really want to raise this amount much money, then like everything you do is like, hey, you know, aunt and uncle, or I'm doing this fundraiser, I'm trying to raise this much money for XYZ rather than like, hey, like we're really trying to get a water well. Like yeah. with, with what you lead with really kind of really dictates what your where your heart's at, you know? And like to be clear, I don't think any of our students go into these mission projects and go, it's solely about the dollar and it's solely about, I just want to look good. Like, no one's doing that. But yeah. my point is, like, that small shift, I think, makes a big difference in just where their motivation's at, you know? Because the, the cool thing with that is when you lead with the heart rather than the actual number, 
your heart is in the right spot. So if you don't hit your goal, you're still pumped. Like, hey, we were trying to get $35,000 to pay for a full well. We only got 30. If you're if you're only fixated on the number, you're bummed that you're five grand short. If you're fixated on the well, you're going, <laughs> we almost got a whole well yeah. by ourselves. Like, and, and we know that there's going to be another ch- group, another church, another yep. youth ministry that's going to come alongside us. Right. And, and together, we're going to build this well together. Yeah. And, and now you have now you have a connection to the big C church. You know you you're building uh, one of the greatest crimes in Western, not even Western Christianity, probably all of Christianity mm-hmm. is this ultra division of you know different churches and different denominations. Like for our one of our mission teams we're doing this year, uh, we are we are staying like we are an assemblies of god church uh a pentecostal church we are staying at, at what i believe is a lutheran camp nice you know like they're just housing all we needed was housing overnight somewhere that had showers yeah. because middle schoolers amen to uh that. but we like oh you're a lutheran camp i don't care can you house us right. we will pay you mm-hmm. like that's what they want that's what i want cool done nailed it and so i i think that that's where uh like that's a that's an added bonus almost uh when when you anytime you can change the currency away from dollars like we have a organization near us that uh provides a lot of like they would they'd be more like the emergency room uh to you know needs in the community like uh they do a food drive every sunday that is uh you know really affordable and or free they've got clothing drives they've got a really cheap daycare that they run and they've got all these uh kind of you know, guardrails within it. But, uh, like they messaged me, the guy that heads it up messaged me on a Tuesday afternoon saying, Hey, we're in desperate need of Kraft Mac and cheese boxes for, uh, you know, for our Sunday food giveaway. Mm -hmm. Now, option number one is for me to go to our church and say, Hey, does anybody want to give money to go and get these food or so? And then like, we'll take all the money and go and buy. Yep you know, a bunch of boxes of Kraft Mac and cheese. Like we got a cost. I have a Costco membership. Our church has a Sam's club membership. You can buy them in bulk and get you, like me buying Mac and cheese in bulk at Costco is going to be more cost effective. I can buy more Mac and cheese than if, you know, a bunch of middle schoolers bring in like five boxes each mm-hmm. of Mac and cheese, but we will get more if we tell kids bring in boxes of Kraft Mac and Correct. cheese and and just like you know go to Costco go to Target Walmart wherever and just get some boxes of mac and cheese and bring it on Wednesday we had over 400 boxes Holy that we were cow. able to donate uh because our students were like yeah bring it on yeah. and and just bought a bunch of mac and cheese this is not the first time we've done this uh with this organization but it's definitely the least time frame for sure you know, we had 24 hours that we got the message out and students were were bringing craft mac and awesome. cheese and so that's another example i think of if you could change the currency uh of how your students think about giving uh it's 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 going to be a little bit more missions you know kingdom mindset yep yeah, which I think just ironically, it's just crazy how like this, this is kind of the end of this this whole question of what does the ideal graduate look like? It, it, it could look like a bunch of different things, but at the core, we just want them to have a heart for the Lord and a heart for the lost. Yeah, and and that really is it. You know, like that is the ideal graduate, not you know boisterous, up in front leader, like that's great. But what's also great is the shy and quiet one who's really good at just like being there for other people. Like 
they're going to look different. There is no ideal image of this is what the dream graduate looks like coming out of your ministry. I think it is much more conceptual, but much more powerful in the sense of going, the ideal graduate looks like a person who is sold out, ready to follow the Lord with every ounce of their being, you know, hell or high water, good or bad. They are going after Jesus with everything they got. And they're going to love people along the way and love the lost. And like that truly, everything we've talked about, whether it's having that saving relationship with Jesus, getting baptized in water, having the fruits of the spirit, being present in in youth ministry, having good spiritual discipline, volunteering, giving, all of these things boil down to they just have the right heart. And that is what the ideal graduate looks like to me, is having a heart that is in tune with who Jesus is at his core. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up uh, which episode number it was. We talked about, we did an episode on launching young adults well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as my page loads here, um, maybe I won't have it. Uh, I thought that that search was going to do it and it didn't. So I don't know what number episode it was, but uh, we did an episode on kind of launching young adults well. And one of the things that we talked about, like, I, I think that having that next step uh, is vitally important, whatever that looks like. If you've got students that are going off to college, connecting them with a ministry that is on the campus they're going to be at. If you've got young adults that are staying around, uh, you know, whether that's college locally or entering the workforce locally, uh, you know, having something that you can point them toward. For some youth ministries, it might be them coming back as a youth leader. And that's an additional opportunity for you as the youth pastor to pour into them and and to build them up to uh, disciple them in a different and probably more intentional way than you could when they were just a youth uh, student. As, as a youth leader, there's a little bit more of a commitment there. So you can kind of uh, you know, you have a little bit more freedom to mm-hmm. to coach and to train and to disciple. Uh, but whatever that next step is, all of no student is ever gonna like. We listed seven things here: mm-hmm. uh, saving relationship with Jesus, baptized in water, displays the fruit of the spirit. You know, I I think our attendance goals would be summed up with prioritizes right. You know, meeting with the body of Christ. Yep. Uh, you know is not reliant on others for their spiritual disciplines. Uh, They have a heart to volunteer and to serve, and they have a heart for generosity. Yeah. Those seven things, no high school student, no senior is graduating with marks at 10 on all of those. Mm -hmm. And so having next steps in order to continue to see this growth in students, whether they're, you know, graduating at a level two or a level nine, mm-hmm. uh, is, is going to be really important. Yeah. For the record, it's episode 52. Thank you. Was launching young adults. Well, uh, you know, and I think that is, oops, sorry. I just kicked a bucket of rocks underneath your desk. I'm not sure why that's there, but don't it worry is. about it. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it after you okay. uh, finish your thought. Something that I am experiencing, I actually had this thought yesterday and I'd be curious to know kind of like how you, you know, kind of walk through this because you've been doing this a little bit longer. You've graduated some seniors before I, this is kind of like my first year where I'm graduating a lot of seniors. Yeah. You've had seniors, but this is a large chunk of them. There's a lot of them and and a lot of the ones that have come six through 12, you know, Mm -hmm. like again, I graduated seniors that I met in 10th grade. It's like, okay, yeah, seniors, but there's a difference when you've had six years straight with them. Yep. Um, 
And so, you know, it's like I, my first kind of go where I had one senior last year that I was really close with and now he's in college and we still stay in touch and we still, you know, talk back and forth and he asked me questions. I send him that, but you know, it, it's kind of, it can, if you're being really honest youth pastor, it can be hard to kind of wrestle with this, this time balance of letting them go and letting them go and to be, you know, find somebody else to kind of study under and get, get poured into yet also just wanting that student to thrive. And so, you know, I think one thing that I would just get your perspective on is, you know, when you have that graduate who goes, assuming they don't come back to your youth ministry context to, to serve, you know, what does that look like sending them out and wishing them well and checking on them versus, you know, still being an active part of their life? Like there, there is a change that happens naturally, but is there something that we have to be intentionally aware of as we transition them? out into young adults. Yeah. And, and I will say as well, uh, when we like, I only once we we've had a few different students graduate and then within a few months come back as a leader. Mm -hmm. And only once has that person really thrived. Interesting. Typically you need a little bit of a gap. Mm hmm. Ideally, six to 12 months mm -hmm. in between them graduating and them coming back as a leader in the same ministry. Uh, and pretty much every time, you know, it's best to kind of intentionally start them with middle schoolers just so that there is that age gap. Separation, yeah. Uh, you know, they can look at that person like an older brother or sister. Uh, but, anyways, um, you know, I, so for a long time, and I probably talked about this on the young adult episode, but for a long time, our church did not have a dedicated young adult ministry uh, for uh, several reasons. One was because we just didn't have a whole lot of kids sticking around. Mm -hmm. and, and so for the ones that are sticking around, like I, I had, you know, two classes in a row of bigger graduates that had been here a while. And now all of a sudden we've got a, and it was after COVID. And so they're all sticking around, not going off to expensive colleges Naturally. and accruing a bunch of debt. And yep. I'm all for that move. Uh, if, if, if you don't have a degree that needs a, or if you don't have a passion that needs a degree in order to get a job, don't force it, you know, getting that right. degree. Uh, but and so there was there was a lot of them that stuck around and and did community college and different things. And so I I think that one of the things we did was okay, once there was that need, we were intentional about finding someone that could fill that role. And 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 all they're doing is a every other week young adult Bible study. Mm -hmm. That's all they're doing, but it's been very, very, very effective in creating community amongst these young adults. Uh, I, I just, I refer to as students a lot, even though they're really not, they're right. like, they're, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Uh, but these, these young adults having a place where they can, you know, have community with each other. And I think that like, this is maybe just my experience. The sad reality is that the more students you graduate, the more students like your your graduate pool grows every year, mm -hmm. but your in in ministry group number, I you know, hopefully grows as well, or you know, stays the same, or might decline slightly. But the graduate number always grows, and so the more you're in youth ministry, the more students you have that are either in your ministry or have graduated. Yep. 
And so at some point it is going to become unsustainable for you to be the only person that is, uh, that is pouring into these students, especially after they graduated. Yep. And so I, I love, uh, you know, having some trusted organizations, uh, like for us within the assemblies of God, there's an organization called Chi Alpha that it, it, they're a college, I, it, the oversimplification of it. And I don't want to disrespect Chi Alpha by mm-hmm. saying this, but a college youth group. Yep. Uh, you know, if, sure. if you want to think about it that way, I think it's okay to do that. Uh, you know, leaders that can pour into college students and, uh, you know, getting in touch with, if, if they're going to a college that has a Chi Alpha group, uh, has a, um, uh, crew would be another one. Campus crusaders. Uh, right. My, my wife, uh, you know, was a part of crew at the mm-hmm. university of Minnesota when she was there. Uh, you know, there are these organizations and, and there are adults in these places that you can connect with and they will, I've seen it happen where these adults like text my student the day they get onto campus. Like, Hey, can we grab right. coffee? Yep. Like I want to, you know, I'd love to show you around and introduce you to a few people. Happened it, to me when I was, when I went to NDSU. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're pulling them in mm-hmm. and, and like you as the youth pastor can help almost force that bridge to happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because the reality is as soon as they jump into that campus and mom and dad drive home, they're getting yanked into some pool. Yeah. Like literally that first night, I remember I was at a Kyle leaders, like house and apartment. We were having Oreo shakes, like just sharing stories and just kind of hanging out. Like, but I know a lot of my other like dorm mates, you know what they were doing that first night? Not that. Yeah. You know, other things that probably weren't super good, you know? So that's one of those things where it's kind of like, let's give them a foundation that all the things we talked about so that they want to make that choice. But at the same time, you know, hey, where are you going to school? Oh, you're going to that college? Awesome. Are you cool if I share your number with so-and-so? And, you know, and because again, I, I got that guy's number in July. So when I showed up on campus on September, he was on me like that. And it was, it was huge. It was a huge, huge thing. So like, uh, that's what I was going to say is like, I love what you said. There gets a point where you have to kind of let, not let them go. Cause they're, they're like, I'm still close to my youth pastor to this day. I still yeah. go to him with things and he's still investing in me. Like that will forever be fortified. But it is one of those things where you kind of sit there and you go, there are certain students where, you know, they're going to thrive when they take that next step into a different area. And some might thrive back in your ministry. Again, some of the students I graduated, they're back serving big church now and we're close that way. And that's super awesome. But there are other students where it's gone, God's led them to a different direction and I'm going to bless them and kind of help arrange things ahead of them. And hopefully it works. But at the end of the day, trusting that they're going to figure it out one way or another. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I promised that I would explain the bucket of rocks. Yep. Please do. Uh, so I feel like I need to. Um, there is a worship song uh, that is awesome. Uh, called Stack- Honey from the Rock. Honey from the Rock is a good one, and it's a great guess on where this is going, but uh, <laughs> it is not. Is uh, no, it is. Uh, uh, there's a worship song called Stacking Stones, and the idea behind the song is uh, in the Old Testament. I believe it's um, specifically Joshua chapters three and four, where the Israelites, uh, you know, they they cross over the Jordan River, you know, Moses takes the Israelites across the Red Sea. Then his successor, Joshua, leads the Israelites in a very similar way across the Jordan River. You know, it it parts whole nine yards. 
And as they're going across the Jordan River, uh, God instructs Joshua to have one, the, the leader of each tribe of the Israelites take a big stone from the middle of the Jordan Riverbed and bring it to the other side with them. And these 12 stones were carried with the Israelites wherever they went after that as a remembrance of what God did. Uh, you know, in helping them cross the Jordan River. And and the idea behind the song is, you know, continuing to, you know, write down and remember these moments, stacking the stones one on top wow. of the other Good. to have that visual of like, no, God has provided mm-hmm. in the past uh, because we are, we so quickly forget the wins mm-hmm. and, and forget the moments where God did provide and we get hung up on the ones where, you know, we feel like he didn't. And so uh, we we kind of took that into a Wednesday night and uh, you know preached on that and then had the song as part of our response worship set and had students uh, each take a, a rock and write on it you know a a time where God did something awesome or or some time like maybe for some students it was their moment of salvation. For some students, uh, it was like, you know, I, I read this in the Bible yesterday and it really stuck out to me, whatever it is. Uh, and so they would like write on the stone and then they took the stone home with them. And and the idea is hopefully that students will uh, continue that practice of, uh, you know, whether it's this or journaling or whatever, but remembering uh, what, uh, what God did. So, but yeah, that was, it was a really cool, uh, really, really cool night, really cool illustration. Uh, cheap illustration, uh, depending on where you find your rocks. Unfortunately, I did mine in the winter, and so I had to buy them from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I uh, said you go to your uh, church front patio and get right, the landscape. But you could get, well, I also wanted them to be big enough that the kids could actually write something coherent on it uh, as Derek uh, tries it out right now. Uh, they are also like they're from Hobby Lobby, so they're pretty smooth and polished as well. Uh, and then we got like the silver metallic Sharpies, uh, to go with them so that you could actually see what they wrote. But, uh, yeah, it was super cool. And then, uh, stacking stones is, uh, is by the worship team, uh, bridge worship, not associated with Derek's, uh, bridge church, but, uh, they, yeah, that song was pretty cool. So yeah, that's, that's why I have a bucket of rocks. We just had some leftover rocks that weren't used. So that's why I have a bucket of rocks just for you to kick. Thank you. I yep. I, I appreciate that. What'd you uh, write on your rock, Derek? It's personal, okay? Oh, okay. My bad. I did write your name on it because uh, that that was a significant moment of my life. In a good way? <laughs> well, we should probably wrap this up. All right. Before Derek <laughs> has a chance to an- answer that, uh, we appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us today on the episode of the podcast that is affectionately known as how not to be a youth pastor. We do apologize for the absolute train wreck of the first 10 to 15 minutes. And the disinformation, honestly. <laughs> uh, just left and right. Uh, wrong dates, wrong Instagram handles, but we got it. We're, we're going to uh, have to make, a, make Tucker just put out a, a PSA on our Instagram page. <laughs> like... Don't go to the actual uh, episode. Here's all the details. Yeah. How not underscore YP. Uh, Go send us a message on on Instagram, what you love the best about the show. uh, And uh, you'll be entered in to win a $25 gift card uh, to the place of your liking. On behalf of Derek and myself, I'm going to go create some burner accounts on Instagram to enter myself into this competition. Goodbye. Goodbye.